So what does the future look like to you? Do you have it all sorted out or not? Regardless if you do or don't, the one thing that could dictate your future is climate change. Evidence is climbing that the effects of climate change will happen, but the question is how bad? Hello everyone, uh, it's Sam here, it's your, it's your host, um, and today I was meant to be joined um, by Britt, um, who's a safe distance um, at her home um, as this pandemic um, kind of still continues. But unfortunately, um, she can't join us today, so um, it's just going to be me, um, and she should be joining in um, for a later time. So today we'll be discussing um, how cities and governments overcame like the dangerous pollutants and, and how some have maybe missed their window of opportunity. So I think there's a few that um, kind of spring to mind, um, kind of like Singapore, Barcelona um, and Amsterdam respectively. So now um, I've been lucky enough to live in multiple countries and you know kind of travel the world. Um, and unfortunately, as it is 2020, um, that's kind of all come to a halt. Now, when you think of Asia, you generally think of the vastly different cultures, money, powerhouses, with the lights of Hong Kong, China, Japan, and Singapore. Now, Singapore is actually on my bucket list as um, one of like, the places to go, um, and where I'm intending to go kind of in the near future. But you wouldn't know that Singapore actually was a very terrible place to live, um, right up until kind of, you know, 1980s, you know, 1990s. Now, ever since... Um, they kind of got their independence um, from England in 1959. Basically, the city was just an absolute mess. It was, you know, very unhygienic. You know, there was lots of slums. And, you know, kind of to make things even worse, um, there was actually a massive fire that burned pretty much the whole nation um, to the ground. And, you know, it's not a very big country. It's literally a small island. So in 1960, they only really had about 9% of their population in homes. And, you know, and then by 2016, they actually had an incredible 82% people, percent of people sorry, in homes, which is a massive change. And basically they did it by making affordable housing and, you know, placing taxes and, you know, basically to become the powerhouse of Asia. But they also haven't claimed powerhousehood, I suppose, but they've also claimed the green machine of Asia. Now this is mostly due to their infrastructure, um, providing you know shades and buildings, solar chimneys, efficient cooling systems, which all kind of cut down their energy increase by half. And then you have other things such as you know their water strategy, you know planting trees on roads, buildings, etc. All kind of make great ways to become green. And when we compare this to you know London and Frankfurt, who are kind of you know behind on this you know frankfurt is at an incredible 21 percent and london's at 12 percent you know green view and then singapore's is at 29 percent so those countries do need to do a bit of catching up so the truly amazing thing with singapore is it literally went from nothing to a true powerhouse um that the world has ever seen but it's the way they did it which i think is most incredible So for the for this next city, um, well the next city, um, I'm gonna need to bring out the tissues because these bring a real tear to my eye. Um, as it's currently 2020, and if you're listening, um, in the future, um, or you're listening, you know, 
in this year, uh, you know, I think most of us kind of want to just press the skip button on this year and, you know, kind of can't wait to get out traveling. And if you're listening to this and actually traveling at the same time, because, you know, it's four years into the future, um, well, damn, um, I want to be you right now. Um, and I'm sure that time will come, but for now we've kind of got to put all them on hold. So, um, the city that I'm going to start off with is, is Amsterdam, where I kind of should have been, um, two weeks ago, in fact. And Amsterdam is, it's an incredible place. I've never been there, but I've seen a ton of images lately. Um, and basically what the incredible thing is, is how different it could have looked. And basically all these changes came because just after the Second World War, you know, there was a real car boom, not just in Europe, but um, in Amsterdam. And basically cities um, in Amsterdam just wanted to kind of just make all this way for the car and just to kind of change everything to make it kind of very futuristic, um, I suppose. And, you know, the government was looking to put all these changes in place, but, you know, they were put under a lot of pressure from protests, you know, to stop them flattening the historic town and actually filling the canals with concrete, um, which is just insane how that could have looked today. So it wasn't just the pressure from the protests that kind of uh, kind of changed things. It was there was actually an oil crisis, and basically this oil crisis kind of you know brought the car boom to a standstill because you know people couldn't fill up the cars, and you know it was kind of bit tricky at the time and basically what the government did was they banned cars on the roads for one um for one day a week which i believe was sunday um and from there they kind of basically made Amsterdam less attractive to cars you know for example um you know they would add trees and bushes in the middle of the roads kind of as a barricade so the car would kind of have to slow down and you know it would be you know, you would be zigzagging through, and but a cyclist could just simply just go straight through. And, you know, same with the pedestrians. So it was basically becoming, you know, a great place to get around on a bike. And there was, um, and what they called was, I've got to hit, Vunuf, I think, I think it is. Or just simply living streets, which I think is a bit easier to say. And basically, um, from there, from, you know, the Vunuth um, program, you know, more than a quarter of the Dutch population, you know, now cycle and, you know, the roads are safer. And not only did it just get um, more greenery in the city and, you know, more people cycling around, but, you know, it also kind of got rid of all the pollutants that you get from cars and the noise pollution and they all just dropped um, increasingly. So I think, you know, Amsterdam's done you know, very well there, you know, to, you know, all the noise pollution and, you know, pollutants you get from cars, it's also dropped as well. So it's almost like a win-win. So yeah, how, how about that there for Amsterdam? And then um, we move on to our last topic, our last city. Again, bringing out the tissues here, um, it's Barcelona. And I found this one actually quite interesting because I knew about this kind of um, a little while ago um, and I haven't been to Barcelona but actually everyone in my family um, has apart from me um, but apparently there are better places so basically so so we're going to be a bit controversial to start this top, this one off 
So back in 2014, um, Barcelona wasn't quite following the rules. It'd been constantly um, failing um, to meet, um, you know, the air quality targets that the EU were setting. So they're not off to a great start here. But the idea that they came up with um, was just truly great. And what they put in were called super villas. Super villas. I can't say it. Well, basically, it's super ease. I think it's, it's something like that. I can't speak Spanish very well. But they basically translate super blocks. And kind of the basic idea of these super blocks is, um, you know, you take a, a nine... Um, you take, you know, nine city blocks and you kind of close the inside. So kind of you can only drive around the outside. And um, and yeah, and, and then this, you know, opens up the streets and, you know, it creates a free space for markets, outdoor games and events. So it just opens up all this road that was used for cars to people. And it just creates a really pleasant streetscape. Like, so people can mingle around and cycle around and did this not just, you know, boost the economy and, you know, kind of get more local markets up. It actually created a 42% reduction in nitrogen oxide and a 38% reduction in particle pollution. So I'd like to thank um, everyone for tuning in today and I hope you found this episode interesting and I hope you took away some things and, you know, kind of opens your eyes to how cities are kind of adapting and kind of trying to limit, um, you know, their carbon footprint. And then next week, uh, we're going to be talking about how the coronavirus um, is impacting, you know, our environment, um, you know, not just how it's causing all this havoc uh, on the world and unfortunately claiming people's lives so we're saying that stay safe thank you for listening and i'll see you soon thank you and goodbye